Welcome to Brit David Podcast. As Pastor Tim brings us a message today entitled, A Glimpse into the Future. From Luke chapter 21, verses 5 through 38. How do you think you would react if you were given a glimpse into the future? You may be thinking about making a fortune off of technology upgrades or business deals. But what if it were a glimpse into tragedy? You say, I wouldn't want that. What if we could have such a glimpse prior to September 11th? Or what if you had a glimpse of a burglar attempting to break into your house? You would act, wouldn't you? Jesus gives us a sure-to-be glimpse of his return. We need to act accordingly. Here's Pastor Tim. Good. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Cindy. We invite you to take your Bible tonight and turn with me to Luke chapter 21. Last time we were together on Sunday night, we broke our way into chapter number 21 and got to see how Jesus was talking and using, using the illustration of a woman who was putting her offerings into the offering uh, plate, we might would say, their trumpets that they used, and made comment about her that she had given more than everybody else, even though she had put in just two little mites. If you want to see in your Bible humanity, if you want to see what is natural for us, then move between the last verse that we looked at last time, which is verse number 4, and the first verse that we'll look at tonight, which is verse number 5. Because as soon as Jesus begins talking about the offering and tithing, somebody changes the subject. It's the first thing they do. <laughs> Jesus says, boy, you need, to, you need to give like this lady gives. She give everything that she has. Jesus, isn't this building beautiful? This is such a pretty place. And then somebody else chimes in that you'll read just a couple of verses later who says, speaking of changing the subject, Jesus, when are you coming back again? We want to know that stuff. You know, we're not interested sometimes in the practical giving we certainly don't want to hear those messages often. We want to get down to the good stuff. We want to get down to when is the Lord really coming back? Jesus does take the balance of this chapter then to describe what that day is going to be like and what it means to get ready for it. Really what you have in these verses is not really quite as much simply about the second coming as it is getting ready for the second coming. In other words, what he's saying to his disciples is, this is how you are to live. In light of the fact that I am coming again, in light of the fact that you don't have a calendar and you don't have that date and time circled, <clears throat> this is how you're to live now. And he gives them some responsibilities that they as disciples were to carry on. And then we as his disciples today, waiting on his return, that we are to be involved with just as well. In fact, that's where I want to start with you tonight. What are these three responsibilities? One of them, the first one, is simply to be watchful. Be watchful. Watch. Learn, listen, all of those things. In fact, I want you to skip down with me uh, for just a moment, down to verse number 7. Because they're going to ask him this question. They say, teacher, but when will these things be? And what sign will there be when these things are about to take place? 
Jesus doesn't correct this questioner. He doesn't say these are not things that are going to be. Instead, he takes that question for what it is. So when they say, when will these things be, what that tells me is these things will be. These are things that are coming. Jesus is returning. He is going to come again. And there's some signs that he has put forth that you and I are to be watchful for. And that's what he begins to describe to them. What should this observant disciple see as he watches and waits? There are a number of these that I want to take you through. So a number of things simply to be aware of. Number one, be aware of destruction. There is destruction that comes with the second coming of Christ. Does he put everything back together? Does he make all things new? Make things as they were intended to be in the first place? Absolutely yes. But before he comes, there will be destruction. And you need to be aware of those things. So let's back up to verse number 5, which is our starting place for tonight. It says, As some spoke of the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and donations, Jesus said, As for these things which you see, the days will come in which not one stone will be left upon another, and shall not, that shall not be thrown down. Be aware that destruction is coming. They're looking at the temple and saying, Jesus, this temple is marvelous. This temple is beautiful. It is, it's made on the backs of the donations of these people, and they have built something that is beautiful, that is wonderful, that is sustainable, that's going to be here for forever. This place is magnificent. This is the center point of Jerusalem. And this is the center point of the whole world. And it's going to be like this for forever. We are standing in the presence of glory. We stand in this particular temple and Jesus says, no, that's not so. This temple, as beautiful as it is, is just made out of block. It's just made out of brick and of mortar. It's made out of wood and other materials. One of these days, all of those things are going to be gone. He says, in fact, that there is coming a day when not one stone will be left on top of another. And you know how this story goes. This particular temple, <clears throat> the second temple that was built, <clears throat> the temple in Herod's day, when, when Jerusalem was ransacked in 70 A.D., there were Roman soldiers who were aware of Jesus' prophecy. In fact, it's part of this prophecy that sent Jesus to the cross. It's for this that that, that uh, Roman soldier said, well, we're not going to be the ones. <laughs> we're not, we, we might go down in history, but it ain't going to be because we're fulfilling that particular prophecy. So nobody touched the temple. You can ransack everything in Jerusalem. You can take anything you want, but don't. Touch the temple. It was until someone threw a torch inside the windows and the tapestries caught on fire first and burned that temple to the ground so that not one block stood upon itself where it was, but all of those utensils that were in there, remember what they were made out of? They were made out of gold. And the soldiers got word that there was gold in between the blocks, the bricks. 
They began to break every brick apart so that they could take all of that gold out. Not one stone, not one stone remained upon another. It was destruction. And as Jesus says this, this day is coming and it's coming soon for them. Many of them in their lifetime are going to see that take place. Jesus says, be aware. Destruction is coming. As beautiful as this temple is, as beautiful as this place is, it's not meant to last. Disciples need to be aware that temporal things will always be temporal. Always. You're not going to change that from something temporal now to something eternal. The only thing that's eternal is you. The only thing eternal is God's Word and God's presence. Everything else will be done away with. Be aware. The things that you think are the most beautiful may be set for destruction before Jesus returns. Be watchful, disciples. Those things are happening and they're coming. Be aware of destruction. Number two, be aware of deception. Be aware of deception. We read verse number seven where they come and they say, well, teacher, we want to know when these things are going to happen. When are they going to take place? Notice what Jesus says in verse number eight. He said, take heed that you not be deceived. Be aware of deception because deception is coming. Especially when it concerns that second coming in those last days. He says there will be plenty that will come offering their own opinion. In fact, he says this, For many will come in my name saying, I am he. And they'll be saying, the time has drawn near. He says, therefore, do not go after them. Or don't follow them. Don't follow that teaching. If anyone else claimed to be the Christ, then they're obviously not coming from a point of truth. So don't follow that. Don't follow that teaching. Be aware that deception is coming, and sometimes it comes from this very place, from a pulpit, from a place where a man is supposed to stand and simply preach the Word of God. Not to, not to debate his opinions, not to give out his version of, of facts, but to preach the Word of God. And there'll be times when that doesn't happen. He says, there are going to be many that will stand in a place just like this and say, I am He. We've seen them, haven't we, through the years. We've seen them take followers to a path of destruction. And that's going to happen more and more and more. False philosophies, false teachings, those things are a part of the things that we need to be watchful for. A few years ago, a group called the Children's Defense Fund had the opportunity to address a group of Baptists just like us. This was the statement that they made. Unity is more important than doctrine. That sounds good, doesn't it? It sounds good. It sounds like, you know, it, it doesn't matter. We shouldn't, let, we shouldn't let these trivial things like doctrine divide us. Instead, we need to be unified. We need to be brought together. Real unity only happens 
with good doctrine. It's the very thing that holds us together. If it's the mortar that holds the bricks together, it's doctrine and belief that holds the believers together. That's why we stand apart as a church. Good, correct, biblical doctrine is essential. It cannot be undone. There are plenty of things that the world advocates that sometimes the church follows right after. But there need to be things like that that you look at and say, we're we're not going there. You know, you take this train wherever you want to ride it, but I'm not going with you. You know, be aware, destruction does come. Be aware, deception, it will come. And be aware, number three, of duels. Of duels, of, of those who fight with one another. Look, if you will, in verse number 9. Jesus said, but when you hear of wars and commotions, do not be terrified, for these things must come to pass first, but the end will not come immediately. Then he said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. These things, these fightings, these duels are going to happen. Jesus said, beware, there will be wars and rumors of wars. That's where we live. Israel has been in a war since October the 7th. One that at first it seemed like the whole world wanted to rally to. Israel was done wrong. Hamas shot uh, uh, rockets into and, and shot guns into people, innocent people, concert goers, children, all of those things, and the world rallied toward Israel. And what? That lasted maybe a month. And now we debate whether we should send funds to our greatest of allies. We said it was coming, didn't we? And we live in that day. Those wars will continue. Those rumors of wars will continue. The fightings will continue. The commotion will continue. And notice what Jesus says in that passage. He says, but the end will not come immediately. You see, we look and we see some of those signs and we say, well, how can he not have come? We've always had wars. We've always had rumors of wars. We've always had famines. We've always had pestilences. So so what's different between that that's happening then and what we see happening now. Jesus simply said, these are the signs. These are the birth pangs, if you will. Birth pangs are painful, so they say. (laughs) I do not speak from experience. But I have watched. And the closer the time gets the more intense the pains are and the more frequent they are. We live in a day today, especially with the ability to see live what's going on somewhere on the other side of the planet, to hear and get news immediately about what's happening. Maybe maybe that has a part to do in being more aware of what's going on in the world. But we see it more and more and more that these duels that have continued will continue to continue. Now, I want to draw your attention to a couple of words here. One's in verse number 8, one's in verse number 9. He says in verse number 8, 
for many will come in my name saying. And then he gives them some things. Here's something that you should listen out for. Listen out for somebody saying, I am he. Listen out for somebody saying, the time is near. Listen out for that. You're going to hear it said. In verse number 9, he says, But when you hear of wars and commotions, it's not just about being a part of those things, it's about hearing that those things are happening. We're not talking about just hearing, are we? We're talking about being watchful. Active hearing does have to do also with your ears. We, we watch and we listen. So he says, here's some things that you should listen for. But what I want you to see and take note of as you read through the rest of this passage. Now, from this point forward, how many times he says, this is what you will see. This is what you will look at. These are things that you just won't hear as rumors, not just rumors of wars. These are the signs that you will see with your own eyes. So be watchful. Be watchful. Be aware that destruction is coming. Be aware that deception is coming. Be aware that these duels are coming. But especially be aware... Because they're not just coming to the world. He says, they are coming to you. These matters are coming to you. You are going to face these things. We live in such a time and with such freedom at this point that we're able to say, well, persecution and all of that, that's somewhere else around the world. That's somebody else's problem. That's a problem for my brothers and sisters around the world. I can just sit here in my safety and pray for them. Jesus said, it is coming to you. America is not exempt from the promises of God. Uh, America is not isolated in some bubble that, that we get to turn the hands of God when nobody else can. Be aware of these things. Not because you'll hear about them on the radio or read them in the newspaper, but because you will see them with your eyes. Let's keep going. What are we on? Number four, be aware of devastation. Of devastation. Look, if you will, in verse number 11. He says, and there will be, there will be, not might be, there will be great earthquakes in various places and famines and pestilences and there will be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. You need to be aware that these things are there, that you'll be able to see these things with your own eyes. Yes, we have earthquakes in various places. Yes, we have famines. Yes, we have pestilences. But he's not talking just about those things that have happened because nature is, is, is just simply moving along. Because of the way the world's structured, because of sin itself. We're always going to have earthquakes. We're always going to have famines. We're always going to have pestilences. But these are not just any earthquakes, famines, and pestilences. He says these are the ones that will be. These are the ones that are coming with a specific purpose that they themselves are signs. In fact, notice what he says. There will be fearful sights 
and great signs from heaven. The earth itself is corrupted by sin. The Bible says that the earth and all of creation groans, longs for the day of Jesus' return, that it might be set right. I don't, I, don't, I don't know that I fully understand that, how the, how the heavens and the earth groans, but I see it. I see it when under all of its stress, it cracks along fault lines. I, I, I see it when in the midst of its stress, it is dry and arid and seems so far from God. I understand those things. I have felt those things. I've been through those things. But to think that the earth itself is going through it is great devastation. Now, let's hold our place there for a moment. I want you to skip down with me. Let's go down to um, verse number 25. Because in verses 25 and 26, he picks up this thought that he begins right here in verse number 11. He says, there will be fearful sights. There will be great signs, but what are they? What are these things that we are to look forward to that are different from anything else that we've seen before? What is it that will be such a fearful sight, what is such a great sign that people will see it, take note of it, and be afraid of it? All right, verse 25. He says, there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth, distress of nations, with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven will be shaken. You know what's fearful? We depend on the sun. We revolve around the sun. Everything about our existence has to do with the sun. We maintain our orbit because of the sun. If something funky starts going on with the sun, something funky is going to go on with our earth. If there's anything that a person who doesn't even know the Lord at all would look to and say, now that's something that's stable. I mean, even Annie knew that the sun was going to rise tomorrow, right? I mean, we, we count on it. We say, as sure as day follows night, we're coming up on a day where it just might not be so sure. If something funky is going on with the moon, our tides are messed up. I mean, we don't even like it when all that seaweed makes its way, you know, and you can't enjoy the beach. But when that stuff starts happening, then you begin to see fish dying. You know something's up, right? When those stars that have guided people for generations suddenly are absent or have moved out of their place, something is wrong with the stability 
And that's what Jesus is saying. They say, look at this temple. This thing is magnificent. This is where our nation gets its stability from. And Jesus says, this temple's not stable. Why, the sun's not even stable. The moon's not stable. The stars aren't stable. If he didn't hold them in the palm of his hand, everything would go in its own way. It's coming a day of great devastation when the heavens and everything around us are in an uproar. He says, these are the things that you will see. These are signs that you can look forward to. Okay? Let me give you another one. Be aware of desolation. Let's back up just a little bit. We won't go all the way back because I want to pick up those other verses in a minute. So let's go back to verse number 20. Okay? The paragraph right before he began that, there will be signs in the sun and the moon. Jesus says this in verse 20. But when you, look at this word, when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation is near. What's he mean by that? Let's keep going. Look at verse 21. Let those in Judea flee to the mountains... Let those who are in the midst of her depart, and let not those who are in the country enter her. For these are the days of vengeance. We know about the days of vengeance, don't we? When one nation gathers up against another nation, that's vengeance. When Israel strikes back at Hamas, it's vengeance. When Hamas and and Hezbollah think that, that Israel has taken too much of their land, It's vengeance. We know about that kind. This is not man's vengeance. Whose vengeance is this? This is God's. It is worth being fearful of. So he says, listen, you need to flee and don't come back. These are the days of vengeance that all things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe to those who are pregnant. And those who are nursing babies in those days. For there will be great distress in the land and wrath upon this people. And they will fall by the edge of the sword. And be led away captive into all the nations. And look at this. He talked about the desolation of Jerusalem. And Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles. Until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Pastor Tim invites you to join us tomorrow as he continues his message from Luke chapter 21, verses 5 through 38. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is churchoffice at brittdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.